welcome to another episode of AKA Teacher Podcast. How's everybody doing this evening? Good. How's it going, Sheldon? Right. Hey, another week, another week. Uh, I don't know where it's going, but it's going. <laughs> hey, we are in February, though. I got my little countdown, yes. and you know, January's long, February's short. We're in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here. Yeah, it's that uh, it's that that awkward time of uh, no breaks and just like you say, we're in it. We're in it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, how's how's everybody arriving this evening? I'm pretty uh in celebration mode. My mom has been a teacher for over 20 years, and uh, her retirement is official at the end of this school year. Uh, yep. Congratulations. <laughs> yep. What's and um, she's not. She's a reading interventionist at a middle school. She is amazing, and I'm so happy for her. So celebrate. That's good. Deal. I know. Yes. It's pretty exciting. It's awesome. Anybody else? Just finding joy. You mentioned it's February. You know, it's the depths of winter, and just building, been building snow forts in the backyard <laughs> with my kids, trying to find, find some joy these days. Yeah, I've kind of this week I would say marked a bit of a, a a little mental shift for me. I think I've shared with you that my mom has dementia. I'm about almost two years into being her caregiver in this whatever, being hard. But I have I have really this week I felt like a different shift of like, no, I can handle this. I need to quit just approaching everything from fear. Um and kind of bring my classroom attitude to, to it. Um, and that has felt good. And no beating myself up. I mean, the journey's the journey. But um, I am just kind of like, oh, my gosh, why haven't I been doing this all along? Just looking at it like this is an unsolved problem. How do I solve it? Yeah, you have certain procedures and stuff that you do in your classroom that you're like, why am I not actually implementing those in my personal life. Right. Especially in this situation, you know, but yep. I made a, a mental shift this week and I'll let you guys know how it's going. But right now inside, it feels better. Good for you. Well, awesome. Very well deserved for sure. Uh, me, I, I guess I can mental shift as well in the sense of uh, just, I feel like it's the second half of the year. So just getting that reset, start over and assessing things and trying to approach my work differently and seeing if that works. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a new excitement. Daniel, how you, how you rested up? Um, good. Keeping up with my meditation that I mentioned a while back, five minutes every day and it's still working for me. Awesome. So awesome. I just keep on doing it, try to do it in the morning and just having that routine, uh, feeling grounded, you know, something to come back to during the day if I'm feeling stressed or, just needing, you know, to remind myself what I rooted myself in that day. Um, yeah, it's been a great practice. It's something I've never done before and something who knows how long I'll keep it up. Maybe I'll move it up to 10 minutes a day. I love it. <laughs> love it. The importance of being present. I think, too, as educators, we forget sometimes the, uh, the productivity of doing nothing. I think sometimes we get wired up that we always got to be doing something and that translates into our home life. So. talk about mental health and morale as it pertains to those of us in education. Um, it just so happens that this year, the same year that this podcast started, happens to be the most challenging year I've ever had 
with my well-being and mental health in my job. Um, so funny how that aligns. You know, I've mentioned that I've been doing this for 27 years, um, but this year really has been, and maybe it's just I'm more aware, but I've had the most difficulties this school year. Part of it has been, well, I talk about my background with my mom. Um, part of it has been my teaching partner has also had a really hard time. And so, you know, realizing how, I mean, we always say it's, it is similar to a marriage, the way she and I have worked together and partnered and the amount of time we spend together. So really like my partner was down and out for a while and that was just really hard, um, too. So I had that. So I'm like, okay, it's been hard and it's been a struggle. And yet in many other ways, I do feel like I'm getting healthier. Okay. Do I sound nuts here? But you know, so it's like, I can acknowledge that it's been hard. And yet in many other ways, I do think I'm, I have actually gotten healthier, you know, in terms of meditation, exercise, sleep, all of that. Um, and so then the healthier I get, the more I recognize how unhealthy teaching is becoming for me. Mm, and that's deep. You, right. So it's that's deep. Right. And it's yes. it so in terms of this mental health and morale, um, I just I, I I'm sharing my story with with all of you and with you guys to kind of springboard into, you know this conversation about just how how are you guys doing when you hear about the topic mental health and morale what does it bring up for you in terms of when you hear about mental health and morale wow i can uh for me hygiene comes up and i always like i like to think of it as something that i have to be intentional about every day so just creating that space, like Daniel was saying, for some meditation in the morning and make sure I'm being present and I'm not performing. And uh, honestly, if I'm being totally honest, because I got some personal things going on right now and I'm in therapy as well, too. So trying to balance those things, but being honest with my students, too, and letting them know what I'm going through, because I've learned when I'm honest about what I'm going through, too, too I mean, there's boundaries on what I what I tell them. But to let them know I'm going through something and then sometimes that helps them articulate what they're going through and they can then that's a connection for us. So it's a I can say it's a continuous balancing act that just that strengthens your core. If you think about exercise, because it's like I said, you always got to be intentional while trying to heal yourself, being intentional about the healing of the kids you work with and sometimes I just create moments where we can heal together sometimes. So it's, it's, uh, I don't even know if I, that made sense, <laughs> but it's just. <laughs> it did. It but does. it made me think about what you talked about before about your reset. Like you're in a, you're in, you're in an intentional space for yourself right now. What it sounds yes, like. Yes. Yeah. And it kind of connects with what you said about, as you look back, you can see like some things that, that are unhealthy and some things you can change and do different. So that hindsight's 2020. Mm -hmm. 
Shelton, how do you, for people who are listening, who are curious, when you're deciding, okay, I am going to share this with the kids, or I'm not going to share this with the kids. Tell me, like, what are some of the things that are going through your brain that make you be like, okay, yep, I am going to let the kids in on this one about what's going on. And when are you like, you know what, I'm actually not going to, what does that look like for you? That's a great question. I always notice what I'm noticing. So I always like, if I'm, if I wake up with a feeling and it's real heavy that morning and I know I come into my space and I'm not myself and I, they know when I'm not myself. So I, th- that for me is an opportunity to let them know, like, man, I know I'm a little different, but here's what I'm going through. I, I went through this and here's how I feel about it. And sometimes I'll open up the space for them to help me go through it because, oh yeah, Mr. Sean, I understand I've been through that and, uh, you know, do this and this helped me and help that. And, and just to let them know that I'm human because, you know, they they see us as superhuman sometimes. So just to let them know, like, no, I'm having a bad day and I really don't feel like being here, but I'm here anyway. So it's always for me a feeling to notice what I'm noticing. And just when I don't, that what makes me not share is if I'm not feeling it. I mean, if it's not as heavy. So it's the weight of it for me, I guess. If it's something that I just need to get off in that space, I yeah, I let it go. Well, Joanna, you were talking about breaking the cycle of, you know, a hard year of, of mental health. And I, it gives me hope to hear you breaking your own cycle, right? Yes. Focusing on, well, what can I control right now? Because I think when I think about this topic of teacher morale and, and mental health, there's a lot of things that really get me down. And there's a lot of things that are outside of the control of any individual. You know, there's, there's systems that need to improve. Teachers need to be paid more. And so it's like, what, what can we do? And I think of just the, the cycle of teacher morale already being low because, during COVID because, you know, a, a profession that was already difficult enough became near impossible and just utterly exhausting. And so we've seen people leaving the profession. There's a staff shortage right now. There's a teacher shortage. And so morale is already low. And now you have friends and colleagues who are leaving which is dropping your morale even lower. And it's just this cycle of my friends and colleagues are leaving and it's and it's damaging my morale. And how do you break that cycle with things that are in, in your control? So I hear you're meditating, you're exercising, you know, what can I do for myself? And you're getting stronger, you're getting healthier. But with that comes this questioning of what is this job becoming? Because it's changed. I may have mentioned that I have this really great mentor. He was like, you know, you're really great at coping and surviving. You're like excellent at coping and surviving in this really difficult system. And that, you know, again, he's a friend. It was just a comment and it actually was a compliment. But I left that and thought, holy crap, that is not what I want to be good at. That is not what I want to be known for is being able to cope and survive in something that's really difficult. So again, that's where the shift where I keep saying like the more healthy I'm becoming, the more I'm recognizing kind of what now you're talking about Daniel, that some 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 things do need to change because I do think many of us are doing things for ourselves. You know, but like you know, you you get down to that argument of like how much self-care do you do? before, you know, or, you know, that it's not going to erase. So it's that whole, like, what's the maybe responsibility or threshold of the individual versus the system? 
and and the collective. And I think that's what you were getting at with some of that. Um, but I will say connecting with other educators is something that always gets me through. You know what I mean? Always. Myself, I have never felt alone as an educator. Like I feel yeah. I can always find someone to connect with yeah. and just have, you know, people like we're in the trenches together type of feeling. And so I do know that. And I think though that is a strategy and a skill or something I'd offer to our audience is always like find someone. Cause I really do think the profession is loaded with people <laughs> who listen and see you for who you are. And so connecting is really what has helped me be excellent at coping and surviving. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I think that's a big key to it is the connection part of a survival in, in this profession. I, I, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. This is a make change slow for your own survival and find the good people to work with because we have to find positive energy. We have to look for positive energy. It's the only thing we can do to build each other up. We've got students to care for. We've got students to teach. We've got students who need our love. We've got our own families. I can't waste my brain with negative people who hate this job because I love it. And it's hard. Well, something that helped me a couple years ago was, again, a different mentor told me, if you can't get out of it, get into it. And that's yes. the whole like leaning yes. into the parts that do really serve you. Yes. And this goes back to what you were saying, Daniel, about like, well, what can we do? I think it starts and continues to grow with our community in our school, a sense of belonging within our school, a sense of culture within our school. When the staff culture, the staff um, like collegiality is high, connected, there is a sense of belonging. It's easier to get through things and I think we lost that with COVID. And I and I think for a lot of districts, it's not back yet or it's been we lost it. And then we the people who are newer to the profession, they didn't even know it existed pre-COVID, which is why I think sometimes we're seeing people who quit are quitting even faster than they were before. So do you guys have any examples of right now something you're like getting into? I don't know. Well, some, something that came to mind. Yeah, I, I want to hear those for sure. Um, connecting with people and also leaning into it. Uh, I went to an ed camp recently and it was on a Saturday. So, you know, if you're already low on morale, like you might not be going to an ed camp on a Saturday. Um, if you're taking extra time listening to this podcast, you're reaching out looking for a connection. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's hard to take that extra time outside of when you're in the school or when you're lesson planning to find those connections. But this ed camp was just full of people with innovative ideas, connecting, asking questions, learning from each other, taking things back to their sites. And just, I just left inspired so many ideas um, and knowing that everybody was every school site that, that the people who attended were going back to were going to be better because they showed up there. Anyway, someone, someone there works as a, a a coach, an instructional coach. And she was saying right now, especially, you know, middle of winter, things have been hard, incredibly hard for a few years now. It's those little things. And she's encouraging teachers to start and end the day with a joy, yeah. find a joy, name a joy that you're entering the day with at the end of the day, no matter how the last 
you know, five minutes of the day went, reflect, stop, remind yourself of a joy and leave with that. Yes. You know, it's kind of like you never go to sleep angry, yeah. right? Never arrive at school angry or leave angry. She's saying start and end the day with a joy. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. I think that's one of the things I love the most about co-teaching. And Joanna, you can probably speak to this too. Having a co-teacher is that great opportunity to share your lows, celebrate your highs, and then turn it on for the kids when you need to. So I'm a, I feel like for me, teaching is all a performance, right? Like, But that whole where you just said a co-teacher, that is one of my recommendations for reviving yeah. the profession in two things. One, I think there should be two adults in every classroom. I think yes. it's better yep. for the kids and it, it is more sustaining for us. Um, yep. absolutely. I think there really is something to that two adults in every classroom. Um, and I do, I recognize, and, and my teaching partner and I recognize that all the time. We always say how grateful we are that we have each other. Yep. Yeah, that's huge. So any examples of what people are leaning into right now that maybe both in school and outside of school that are helping you get through? Yeah. So right now we are just trying to like plan more fun things to do during PDs as simple and as like dumb as that might sound or simplistic. So like right now we're planning for the last hour, hour and a half of our February PD, we're going to have a staff rummage sale and everybody's going to bring things in that they normally donate to Goodwill. And we're going to have tickets and we're going to buy things with our tickets as the silent auction. And it's stupid, but everybody's like very excited about it. You oh, know, yeah, I'm going to bring, you know what, I'm, I'm going to bring in something good, you know, like, <laughs> and so it's, um, it's the little, for me, it's like the little simplistic thing of just like, yeah, that it even kind of sounds dumb on paper, but it's, everybody's getting into it. Oh so yeah. That's going to be fun. to find fun things during PD days to make the day seem like less kind of blah helps. Great idea. I would love it. You know, I am a Goodwill fashion shopper, by the way. Goodwill yes. all the time. <laughs> all the time. All my kids know. I says, you know, I wouldn't buy that. It's too much money. If I find it at Goodwill, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. That's what's up. <laughs> at the school I was at uh, prior to my current role, some teachers, one teacher initiated the spreadsheet, sent the spreadsheet around with everybody's name on it, and then just had these different columns with different categories of favorites for everybody, you know, favorite drink or favorite treat or favorite, you know, whatever, and also dislikes. And then the idea was this would, this was a shared spreadsheet for everybody. The idea was to just at random surprise somebody, uh, leave something on their desk, leave something in their mailbox, and you know it's going to be something they like because it's coming from this favorites list. Um, another teacher started at lunchtime uh, this salad bar. So everybody would bring one ingredient mm-hmm. that you might have at a salad bar, and then you could show up and with a bowl and just make a salad for yourself. And of course, all of these, you know, there's community building involved with the rummage sale. Like it's it's fun. Just simplistic, whatever, you know, there's, there's community building and it's just fun. Like those are, those are the things that boost morale. Another teacher started yoga. Come to my, at lunchtime, come to my room. We're going to do yoga together. 
these, these little lifts, right? And if everybody's looking for how can I uh, lift everyone up and it's not just falling on one person and you share that responsibility, I think that can go a long way. Yeah, this is the time of year where I feel like I get the a pack of post-it notes and I just go around all my kids and I'm like, write the t- your favorite teacher a note that just says you like them. I don't care. You don't have a favorite teacher. Then pick one. Just pick any teacher. <laughs> and then I just go throw them in everybody's mailboxes. It's just like that little 20-second pickup because we we need it. We need to be reminded by the kids that they want us there, that they appreciate what we're doing. We only have each other as teachers, as group, like as staff members. We've got each other. So we got to do little pick-me-ups. I just wrote yours down, Daniel, because that was so good. The list one. I love that. Parents too. If there's any parents listening, um, and I'm even thinking of this for myself, don't wait till Teacher Appreciation Day just to send in a note of appreciation to the teacher. You know, as we're reading, you know, what is working right now for teacher job satisfaction? And I think one, one study out there, uh, you know, connected the job satisfaction to feeling a sense of trust and support, of course, from school leadership in your administration, but also connected it very strongly to feeling supported by the parents. You know, notes of appreciation from the students, yes, absolutely, but feeling trusted and supported by parents as well. Yeah. And you don't always hear that as a teacher. You know, parents aren't sending in every time they're happy with something, they're sending an email. Usually it's when there's something that they're not so you know, excited about. So, you know, parents too, don't wait till Teacher Appreciation Day. Send random little notes of appreciation. It will go a long way right now for your child's teacher. And, you know, something what I actually really like to do, especially like this time of year, because I feel like it's a give some, get some kind of scenario. I just start sending emails out to families when the kids are awesome this time of year. And even if it's simple as much like, hey, they're really great group member and they're always willing to work with others. Thanks for raising a nice kid. And I send that because, you know, obviously then it usually reciprocates into like, oh, thank you, which feels good. But there's something about getting that positive communication ball rolling that, you know, like then the kid might come back and say, oh my gosh, my, you emailed my mom. I I was about to get grounded. Thank (laughs) you so much. You know, (laughs) That's been something on my mind too, with this topic of teacher morale and mental health, you know, what are the things that help somebody feel better, you know, notes of appreciation, these positive emails, things like that. And and what are the things that actually support somebody to, uh, to, to not just feel supported, but to be supported? You know, what does it look like to have that space for teachers or for staff members, a support group like that, where they can talk about what they're going through, yes. right? Look at, think about what, what can I control? What can't I control? Let me lean in, lean on others and lean into some of these topics. You know, it's easy to say, but without the structure or space, then, you know, you're looking at these little lunch times to do it or after school yes. or an ed camp on a Saturday. And, you know, how, how can we make space in schools, uh, build the time and the space and the structures to do something like that. The things that we know are good for students and we're doing them for students. Yeah. Do, do any of you see that that happening for teachers in schools? I would say right now there's, with a lot of talk and a lot of push, our district is getting really, is listening to us really well when we requested for more time together. We've been doing a lot of intentional circle work during PD days where we're getting together with teachers from other departments 
people from um, around the building. Again, the building got spread out and a lot of people lost their social um, networks that they used as kind of their emotional support during the school day. And so this, there's been a lot of uh, intentional work to bring them back with a lot of just intentional 30 minutes. You're going to get together, talk about what's on your mind, talk about how things are going, and then go from there. And I have to say that it's been it's been really nice to intentionally reconnect with other people and to try to rebuild those communities. And I think everybody just needs to ask for it. I think we just got to challenge the people above us to do it because it it is possible. Very, very important. I was going to say, too, I had the opportunity recently to do that work. And I like to make it my intention, just like working with kids, you got to talk to their families as well. And working with a student, you got to talk to the teacher. So I like to use that philosophy, but I like to have structured conversations. I ask teachers like what's challenging you culturally sometimes. And that, that makes them think different because, and that lets them know, like a lot of times I get to translate behaviors for teachers culturally because a lot of kids of color too, Sometimes teachers don't understand, like, why, I just don't understand why they keep doing this. So to have that, that structured conversation and to give them support and to reframe the situation and to give them tools as well moving forward, I think it's very helpful. But I've definitely sat in the space with, uh, in a PD forum with having groups of teachers and that's very helpful. Like, like you were just talking about, Angie, just to feed, bounce ideas off each other. Cause during a day, sometimes you don't have time. You wasn't even aware of this teacher is doing that. And and vice versa. So I think it's very important. Something that does give me hope is that there used to be not an acknowledgement even that, yeah, you know, that there was this human side to, you know, and these needs of the students and ourselves. And being in alternative education for this long, um, it really, you again, there was not an acknowledgement. It was kind of like, oh, you go do that over there for those kids, but we don't need that all up out here. Oh, here and yes. I had always been like, no, you know, we're all human. This is everyone. So now I'm happy and I see hope and there's acknowledgement that everybody needs this support and that we, we need to begin working in these ways. And it is my dream. It is my vision that right, when we talk about mental health, morale, well-being, that it becomes universal and it moves out of this intervention-only mindset and structure that we've had in our schools. So that is my hope, that we get, that it's universal instead of looked at as an intervention. And that, because to build it for ourselves and for our students, Again, we have the neuroscience now that says, guess what? Emotion will always override logic, but logic cannot override emotion. So if we, in fact, are, you know, a a learning institution and about learning, that emotional piece has to be, you know, nurtured, cultivated, supported for the adults, the kids and the families. Yeah. And I think it takes teacher leaders like you, Joanna, and like that need to just continue to be a broken record to the buildings and say, we need this. Every staff member needs this. Yep. I know maybe, maybe everybody does look like they're fine. They're not. And, and we need this. And and I would just challenge everybody to be the leader that says, no, we're going to do, we're cutting PD 
an hour short and then we're doing trivia. Yep. It sounds stupid. And for every naysayer who's like, the yard sale is dumb. The trivia is dumb. There are other teachers who are like, I, I need this. I need this connection. I need these people. And then there's me and you who are like, we need this, give this to us. And so like, well, the results are undeniable. The results are undeniable. I'm I'm done with anybody who hates those types of things. Like, okay, fine. If you don't want to do a 45 minute like trivia contest, or we did a scavenger hunt with this really cool scavenger hunt app on our phones during a PD. And it was so fun. And everybody's running around trying to find this stuff. And of course there's people who don't like it and don't, but I mean, that's fine. Whatever. I'm not going to let you take my joy right now because I need this to fill my cup because I need to bring that joy to my room. I don't like those kinds of things. However, (laughs) I don't don't believe you. I don't, but, but (laughs) I have joy in just watching other people. So I'm not a stick in the mud. You know what I mean? But But it's true. You know what I mean? Where I am like, I like to see you going crazy, having a good time. Um, So it's that too, just accepting that because I, I am that person where I'm like, okay, I do not, I actually hate competition that much. I do not enjoy games of any sort. Everybody knows that I'm like, I don't know. People think I have a sense of humor, but I'm like, I'm pretty serious. I don't play games (laughs) of any sort. Um, But but, that's important too, though, because that's good to know. Like, that's everybody has their place. Maybe right. you you make that intent. Like some people, if you don't want to play, you can just sit back and watch and be right. intentional yeah. about different positions too. So that's right. definitely. Like I said, I'd never be like, oh, this is stupid. Da, 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 yeah. da. No, you know, I'm yeah. there, I'm present. And I really do get joy out of seeing other, like my teaching partner is extremely competitive. And so, right. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious watching her attempting, you know, trying to beat the kids at every game we play yeah there you go we call you cheerleaders and we need cheerleaders so yeah let's go that's what's up well i think full circle with mental health and morale right we kind (laughs) of came to it that like this is hard um and we are aware that's something too i'll acknowledge about all my co-hosts here y'all have some awareness of where you're at and that's step one um and you know, and yet we can lean into that joy from the actual work and not focus yeah. on the things that take us away. Any other final thoughts? Well, I think going back to kind of what Daniel was saying about begin your day with joy, end your day with joy. If I if I knew an educator who was on the fence about quitting or who was looking at that 28-day calendar and then that March calendar and seeing spring breaks not for two months and just wondering how they're going to get by with like no break in between. I would say just start looking at the kids and writing down things you like that they're doing and, and find ways to just pause your lesson and watch them do whatever weird thing they want to do instead. And just try to find, give yourself an opportunity to remember why this job is awesome and it's the kids. And if that means you have to, force yourself to look for it, do it. Cause it'll get, we can get through this. We really will. Totally. And on the other side is a sunny sun spring break and April and May. <laughs> I love that. I, here's what I would love to see. So I mentioned teacher appreciation day. I, I have this vision where something goes viral. I don't know if it's 
school principals or something making TikToks. I don't know how it happens, but I would love to see, because I think at this point in the year, we're kind of limited to those things that are going to help us feel better, right? We're not necessarily going to do something, a big systemic change or a big support change right now, but we could do it for the fall. So what I would love to see is on Teacher Appreciation Day, okay, maybe still do the notes of appreciation, do the gift baskets. You can do all that stuff that help people to feel better. But just this widespread across the country, here's what we're doing next year. We're going to have this support, this structure, this new thing for teachers. You're going to have more time. You're going to have the support system. The social emotional learning is going to be built in for you, Joanna, like what you were talking about. And that this just goes viral so that anybody who's thinking about, I don't know if I should come back next year, or anybody who's like, I just decided to become a teacher right now. What what am I thinking? Or somebody who's on the fence with that sees that and is like, absolutely, I'm in for next year. I mean, it's it would have to take, it would have to be something big. But if everywhere there's one system or big change that can be made, and that's the thing that went viral, Teacher Appreciation Day, that's the day. Let's make it happen. A big shift like that. And then all of a sudden, there's not a mass exodus of teachers, yeah. but the opposite. You're here. I love your vision. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So pass the mic. We have got a question from Emily in Milwaukee. It's always great to think about the successes you've had as a teacher, especially this time of year. One of my proudest moments was witnessing a former newcomer EL student give the salutatorian speech at his graduation. Another was a 16-year-old who had never gone to school before, learning to write her name for the first time. What are some of your successes? Mm. The first one that comes to mind for me, hearing about the experience with an English learner, I, I started off as a math and ESL teacher. And aside from education, theater is also a passion for me. And I saw the plays happening at our school, all of the theater performances. And I didn't see our English learners in those productions. And so I just took it upon myself to find some students. I found a play and I found some students who would be interested in in doing a play. And we we put on a play. We just did it. (laughs) Um, I took this full length play and I cut it down to fit within the length of a class period. And the biggest struggle was finding a time to not only put on the production, but to find time to rehearse in the school theater because the calendar had already been set for not just theatrical productions, but events, musical performances, band performances, um, and there wasn't much room left. And so a group saying, hey, we want to do something in the theater, you had to kind of plan that a year in advance before the theater calendar was set. And so that's something we learned along the way, but we were able to squeeze in some times we were doing dress rehearsals in a classroom leading up to it. I mean, we just felt like we were rehearsing just on the fringes. Like we put this thing together on the fringes, but then it all came together. We put on a couple of shows for the school. Uh, these students who are in you know, ESL classes, uh, English as a second language, uh, 
put on this 40, 40, between 40 and 45 minute production. And I just remember watching them from backstage and they, they loved it. They nailed it. Uh, I keep in touch with some of them to this day and I just tears in my eyes backstage. Um, it's I, the proudest moment of my career and something I will I will never forget. But it took a lot of work. This is one of those big moments. It's not those little joys in the day. This is a big, a big success. And it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears yeah. in that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, a lot of lot of tears, a lot of tears. I was thinking of a small joy and then a bigger one. Um, so a small joy, I really am. I am so proud of my students, like nearly every day, you know, the choices they make, you know, because I do work with students who did not attend school regularly and, and now they really do. And they, they, they enjoy their school and they feel safe. And I think of the small things, like in particular, I had a young lady last week, I think who called, I've talked about, I have this call in procedure. Like if you're not going to be there, you have to call because I'm like, it's like a job. You don't just no call, no show. You got to speak with us about it. Um, and not to like rag on you. We say it to help you process a, a range of solutions, you know, and help you process the decision. So she called and said like, Oh, I'm not going to be there today because my mom won't take me. And I'm like, well, okay, are you, why do you think you can't be here? She's like, well, because she won't take me. So then I'll be late, you know? And I'm like, well, okay, let's talk about it. Like, is the decision right now really like, I literally can't get there or I'm mad. And so I'm kind of like stuck in this anger. And she's like, yeah, I am just mad. I'm like, right. So actually I think walking to school is going to make you feel better, (laughs) you know, like, um, right. I'm like, so what do you think about that? Do you think you could just walk over here? And she's like, yeah, you know, cause I'm like, oh, right. Because yes. otherwise you're just, you're just sitting in the anger and that's no good. Our things about regulation. Yep. And so, and then, right. She, she walked and she came. And so little things like that happen on a regular basis. And I'm always really proud. But then also when I think about this and the example that Emily, I think it was wrote in about and when, what she talked about, I also think of, I have many students who I do have contact with, you know, that, and now that they're adults and I have a stu- a former student who's gosh, I don't know, 30 something. And he has started his own podcast and is becoming like quite a little thing over here in Milwaukee. <laughs> and And it is. It's so cute because he just was like the kid that drove everybody nuts from talking, 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 talking. But I always could be like, dude, you're an ultimate communicator and connector. And then to see that play out like now, um, I'm just I'm thrilled for him and I'm happy for him. And we're even kind of partnering on some things. It's just oh yeah. It's like super cute and super cool. And we're lifting each other up. And yeah. So yeah. So even my former students who are like 30 something, I'm still really proud of you. Xavier, you know I love you, kid. Shout out to Zay. That's what's up. (laughs) My success, this is cliche, but my success is really I call them king, my kings and queens successes uh, in the sense of my elementary uh, kings and queens, just to give them a sense of who they are as young 
black kids, like that's so meaningful to me because I understand what society tries to tell them and what it does sometimes. So just to create a space where it's intentionally and culturally rich, like everything we do is, it has some culture in it. So just, and then I get text messages from uh, different like uh, behavior people seeing like my little signs that we talk about in our group, hanging up on the kid's locker or to hear about talking to a teacher and to hear the kid acts this way in class but I get a total different behavior in, in group and the teacher wanted to know like, what language do you use? And I'm sharing that language and the success of that, like for me is like, th- that's what I do it for. Like it's the little, it's the little things for me. So yes. And when I say their success, not just the students to teachers as well, because I'm, I'm definitely pro teacher. Cause yeah. You guys yeah, you're go truly a in a partnership role in that situation. You get to watch two different groups of people self-actualize. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I love it. Angie, how about for you? I feel like mine are more just like the little everyday things. I'm, I teach juniors and seniors, so I have watched many underdogs cross that graduation stage. Um, some of them who I have sit next to while I have force them to do their online gym homework. Um, you know, um, so I, I don't have a big one. I have lots of little ripples that have enriched my own life that I have no, I've enriched our students' lives. Um, I think maybe one of the, the, one of the most special things is having a kid come back and tell you they're, they're going to be a teacher now too. Because that's the, this job brings me so much joy and so much happiness. And I want that for people. And I want people to have that same amount of joy that they can experience from this profession. And so when, when I hear somebody else say like, yeah, I'm going into education, like you're going to love it. It's the, it's the hardest, best job out there. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is those little things that are maybe even have a bigger impact. And with what we're talking about right now in terms of finding those little joys every day, I mean, Emily's question, you can ask it on any scale and it comes, it's just the right question at the right time right now. Cause you can say, what was your biggest success of today? Right. And you can even ask yourself or ask somebody else, or you can say, what was the biggest success of this week or this month or this year or the career? You can go as big as you want, but the reality is, you know, right now, my play example, no, someone's not going to pull themselves out of the depths of winter right now by putting on a play. Oh, great. Nice story. But that doesn't help me. Right. It's, it's the little things. It's the reminder to focus on the little things that's going to get somebody through right now. So, you know, I'm excited to share the big story and it's memorable and yes, it'll stick with me for the rest of my life. Um, But it right now it's, Focusing on the little things is what's important. But also we can do huge things when we decide to. Mm-hmm. And so like yes. when when you decided like we're doing a play, we're doing it. Like there are everyone should know. You want to plan the field trip that's a, a that nobody has planned before, do it. Do it. You wanna do, do the it. play, do it. You wanna partner with public health and throw a big event, do it. Like we're not we are unstoppable. All righty. Thank you all for listening to today's podcast. Um, For any pre-service or early career teacher questions about any aspect of teaching, please feel free to get a hold of us 
And if you want to record a voice memo or type it up, you can send it to education at pbswisconsin.org. Make sure you put AKA teacher in the subject line. And we also encourage you to check out our AKA teacher podcast website for helpful resources and all of our podcast episodes. And you can also let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating or review in your podcast app. See you next time. Bye. Oh, yeah.